With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real time limits making their way into your ears. First, from a place called Garniston, he is the Pyramid, Margaret Erefiend coming out. You stick on, stick that big lead, red light bulb on for a fiend. And his partner, Fader Top End of Stevenson. Honky Tonk Man's going to take the bump for you. She's going to bump for you. I'm going to take the bump for you. I'm going to take the bump for you. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Daft. My name's Rab Florence, and of course, it wouldn't be Wrestling Daft without. The man who is wrestling and he's daft, Mr. Wrestling and Mr. Daft. Yeah. It's Grado. How are you doing, Grado? You all right? Hi, Robert. How are we? What have you got in your hands? What's, what's your I've got a wee cognac with me today. I've got a wee Corvoisier. Corvoisi- mm. mm, I've got a lovely cocktail. Well, is, is pig, gin and, pig gin and lemonade not a cocktail? I don't know. I would just say that's a gin and lemonade, really. I wouldn't call it a cocktail, mate. But it's pink gin. I know, but for me, a cocktail needs to have more than two elements to it. It has to have more than a, 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 an alcoholic bit and a mixer. It's got to have more than that. You know what I mean? I've been telling everybody I'm on the cocktails. Nah, that doesn't count as a cocktail. Because let's say you had a, a Jack Jack Daniels and Coke. Would you call that a cocktail? No. There you go. Pink gin and lemonade. It's just uh, the you've, you've, two, you've two components. Yeah. Right, so anyway, all the talking shit out of the way. Have you been? Uh, how how have you have you been maintaining social distancing, washing your hands, wearing a mask, and keeping yourself safe from the killer virus we now like to call Mister COVID nineteen? Um, social distancing, I. You're not doing any of the rest. Of it. You're not washing your hands. See, I wash my hands, but I, I'm a, I pick my beak. It's hard. It just defeats a... Do you know what I mean? Aye. I'm a serial yeah. nose picker. Because they say, don't touch your face. That's and hard they, for me. And the minute the government stayed, the minute I saw Nicola Sturgeon, and she, she was doing a tail, and she says, don't touch your face, she says, I thought, Grado's fucked. I'm on, because you, you, you know, we see what I do, you know, I've got this gimmick where I touch my nose and then I sniff it. I'm a fucking... You, any use to notice that, I? Do you ever scratch your lower back, oh, right? Mm-hmm. You scratch your lower back, but maybe your wee middle finger will slip down kind of into the crease of your arse a wee bit. Just a wee bit, and it feels a wee bit of moistness there. And then you bring it up, and you kind of just sniff to see if it's a kind of shitey smell or just a sweaty smell. <laughs> I've done that once, right? Well, I've done it plenty of times, but I've done that once when I was about 11, 12 year old, right? Mm-hmm. I was sitting with a boy called Callum Coftree, right? Mm-hmm. And I must admit, Instead of trying to touch my lower back, I was, 
I knew that was something up with my ring, and uh, I fucking put my middle finger in my bum. No, in my bum, but you know, around about that area. Pulled it out, and <laughs> my mate Callum went, what the fuck is that in your finger? And I went, chocolate. And fucking... <laughs> He believed it. <laughs> he believed it. It's a, you'll see. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see. He believed it as if the fucking joke's on him. You're the one that ate the fucking shit. <laughs> you're the one that ate the shit and you're like, he believed that. So, so I, I ended up getting worms out it, right? So I had to go to the doctor's. And uh, my my doctor, Doctor Darcy, went. Have you been eating feces? Have you been eating feces? And uh, my dad, I was going, what's feces? And my dad was going, have you been eating shite? Have you been in your shite? And I was like, no, dad, I haven't, I haven't. But obviously, was that sitting with Callum? I fucking that's obvious. If you Google it, and all that. I mean, I've later Googled it later in life. If you do get a bit of shite in your horns, you don't wash it right, oh. and it ends up going in your gub. You can get worms. So. We need the feces. We need the Unbelievable. Right, so we've got a wee bit of correspondence for the last week's episode. Let's say, try and just lift the tone us a wee bit. Now, after last week's discussion about the fact that Two Doors Down and Scott Squad Grado shows go up against the mighty Burnliston Marshall at the Scottish Royal Television Awards, we asked the listeners if each show was a wrestler and a triple threat, who would they be? Now, Scotty has said Scott Squad are the Bushwhackers. Right. Burnison is Macho Man and Two Doors Down is Mr. Perfect. I don't get that. He never explained he never explained his thinking there. So let's move on to James who says Burnison is Brock the best. Two Doors Down is Adam Cole will be the top guy. And Scott Squad is R Truth. Unfunny That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's funny. No, I don't. I like R Truth. I, I think R Truth's funny. I thought he was funny there, Nick, throwing that money in the bank, carry on, we hang that for that, was quite, you know, apart from the slap. Right, so um, Paul says Scott Squad would be the big boss man, Burniston would be Doink the Clown, would it be Evil Doink though, or the kind of shitey oh, face Oh, that random cunt kid on, he was Doink the Clown on Sunday night. That, that skinny guy. Skinny that was guy. not nothing like Doink the Clown. I hated that bit. He was mere like that fan mm-hmm, that's in the mm-hmm, audience, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. Quite, mm-hmm. thinks he's over, I, he's on Twitter. Did you hang that as well? In fact, horrible, mate. In fact I hated it, it to the extent <laughs> my wee lassie Hope says to me, who's that? And I went, that's nobody. I said, you didn't even say it. was I didn't even explain aye. it. I didn't say it's meant to be an old wrestler. I just went, oh, that's nobody. I said. Aye. That's, that, that was poor. That was lazy. Two doors down would be Hornswoggle. So he's kind of burying two doors down he's and Bonnison. He's not burying two doors down. Why is he burying two doors down by saying it's Hornswoggle? Because he's wee. Couple more celebrity heel face turns since last week's discussion. By the way, let's move on for that. That was garbage. Uh, that was fucking horrific, mate. That was garbage. Thank God we're uh, here, Grado. I'm glad I was tagging that shit on Twitter. Anyone I don't go on it anymore. Thank God we're here. Fucking hell, right? Paul Dustin Diamond uh, says, uh, "Paul Dustin Diamond." Uh, Dustin Diamond has screech. Screech. Who's, he's in the jail for stabbing somebody. I went for lovable geek to Dan Palm and then stabbing a guy in a bar on Christmas what? Day. No, hold on. I would just like to state that Dane Palm doesn't make you a heel, right? Okay. I'm going to be a face and a palm. Okay. <laughs> so 
get a grip. Come on, let's be supportive of sex workers. Yeah, um, they're getting um, paid. Come on. Yep, and then stabbing some guy in a bar on Christmas Day, that is quite bad. <laughs> it's <a> Christmas Day? <laughs> That's bad. If, see, if, it had been, if it had been in Halloween, it would have been fine. Because it's kind of, you know, in the kind of spirit of the... Fucking screech, yeah. Can I take him anywhere? Johnny Liddell. Fucking screech, fucking scream me like going about stabbing cunts. Scott says Lance Armstrong. Oh, aye. What a That's a good one. He was a big baby face. Because he was my... Favourite singer of all time, Brock Lindo, 36 Crayfish Hero. And he always wore the yellow band. Everybody wore the yellow band, didn't they, really? He did. A, he was a fighter. He was a great athlete. He did beat cancer. He did, you know, the, the fucking um, performance enhancing drugs won't help you beat old cancer. He did that himself. I'm going to... Is he got cancer? He did have he had testicular cancer years ago, Lance Armstrong, and beat it. That's how the... What am I asking that for? That's how they broke out the bands. That's what the bands are about. Um, So I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to say that about Lance Armstrong. It's it's a difficult, you know, it's complicated. Uh, Hogan was the WF champion. He never got there without taking a gas. Total falafel. Says Brian Adams face to heel for obvious racist reasons. Brian Adams went on a bit of a rant about the Chinese this week. Blaming them for coronavirus. I would like to personally thank the Chinese for uh, cancelling Brian Adams' tour. Um, and Axel Rose did a heel to face for taking the US government to task last week. Why was Axel Rose a heel? Because he got a bit fat, a bit fat and weird. He or, to... or he walked off the stage at Download 2006, they know, because we were set at fires. And, well, I, I wasn't really directly involved in it, but there was fires inf- involved <laughs> and stuff like that. I think he walked off the stage. The worst. I don't believe that for once. I wasn't, all the fi- I wasn't directly involved in the fires. <laughs> I mean, I did. It was my lighter, but. <laughs> uh, that was the same night as ECW One Night Stand 2006, which ended up a very, very sadly disappointing outcome. And guess the reason why? Why? Because Sandman fucking had a Jim Johnson song. Oh, aye, aye. Do you know what right. I mean? Aye, aye, aye. It was all right. The, I mean, it was the greatest the first year, but see, we just. You know what I mean? And the scene yeah. that an RVD stuff was great, but come on, man. Sorry. Has anyone seen the clip doing the rounds of Sandman walking out at a, a hall in England to the open golf theme because somebody <laughs> fucked up the CD player? No! <laughs> no! <laughs> what do you see? Where do we find this? <laughs> it's incredible. Was it, during, was it in 2001 at Wrestle Express? It, it might have been. It's, a, it's an old <laughs> clip, but he walks out. There's an empty hall to the open golf theme. It's just brilliant. <laughs> I've sent you, I've sent you that one too. Remember to, oh, I love Ian Dice Clay, he's great. See the best it is. He's a promoter, right? You fucking big sad man for his entrance. Yeah, he's paying a fucking couple of grand on flights. You know what I mean? Fucking hell. <laughs> Beautiful. Very tweet that actually. Right okay. Now. Right. Okay. Beautiful. Right. Um. And now hold on. Regular correspondent Bronze Cello sent us a screen grab for the Wrestling Network of Grado eating a sandwich while chatting to AEW's best friends. Grado. What is that all about? Well, 
they had been annoying me all day. I sat next to them at WrestleCon. They'd been doing my tits in. Will you do my podcast? Will you do my video and all this? I says, like, I can't be arsed. I can't be arsed. <coughs> Eventually, they went, right, we'll pay you a couple of hundred dollars. Right, right, we'll do it. So I went up to his hotel. It was the best move I've ever made because that, next, where you're what, the screen grab, and me yep. sitting with Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, next door, Kenny Omega was next door with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Was that when you met Stone Cold? Yes, that's when I walked in and went, hi there, this is TNA wrestler, the uh, <laughs> Did you meet Stone Cold while wearing a Job Squad t-shirt? Hi, <laughs> eating a Jimmy John's. You missed that fucking is. detail when you told that story before. <laughs> Al Snow gave it to me for nothing, man. That was fucking great to me. Um, and that's really... That just shows you like, the enthusiasm I had for that interview. You know what I mean? I'm sitting there with a big fucking massive roll. It's called a Jimmy John's. That's that roll looks brilliant, bro- by the way. That's, that's like Jimmy John's is like Subway times 20. Pablo has been at the Photoshop again. <laughs> After we talked about the fact the big show is always crying this week. He's it always shows crying. the big man meeting a bunch of fans while crying and he says, it's a big show meet and greet. So it's a picture. So we're just, we're basically, producer John has asked us to describe a picture to you. <laughs> Again I'm on this podcast, to piss you off because Pablo did it the last time and you actually cut a promo on him. So there you go. Really? Yeah, is the this the same there. Pablo? I don't remember. He's put hashtag wrestling daft, hashtag big show, hashtag yes, it's a picture, hashtag I know it's a podcast, hashtag I thought it was funny. That is, no, listen, funny, it? listen, no, no, listen. I need to say something. I'm looking at this picture. And all I can really look at in this picture. <laughs> That's quite funny, the picture. All I, can, all I can really look at in the picture is these statues, these WWF mate, statues. The, the statues are rotten, mate. Man. If type in, <laughs> mate, type in the Dusty Rhodes statue. Dusty Rhodes statue, WWE. Folks say it's me. Hey, hold on, Dusty Rhodes WWE statue. I'm sure folk have fucking hung it up before. See if you can get a right close one. Apparently it's metal. metal. <laughs> if you go the one I've got. Yeah. Yeah, the one he's like, a big close up. Good <laughs> You got like me. No, Bill. No, no. No, no. Maybe it was a time, mate. Maybe it was a time. These statues. Get these statues, man. I seen this couple of them. They were, I think that Roddy Piper one was at. Um, the Roddy Piper. Start the money in the bank. That's no Roddy Piper. That's Rick Flair. That. The Roddy Piper one's run. I see the statues. Who does the statues? Who does the fucking statue? You're saying who does the statues? Who does the, we need to find out who does the statues because their statues are fucking dog shit. Maybe get it off that. What's that website? Is it Alab? Alab? Wish. <laughs> wish. Aye. The statues are, off Wish. Aye. They must just order bulk fucking hingleys. Garbage. It's garbage. Well, I've been getting a piss taken out of me on my, my breakfast show because I'm getting um, my dolls made and they think it's nothing like me. They're coming next week. But I think I've, have I showed you my dolls? What, no, this, is ter- are, this is terrible for Those are you? Do you know what? That, here's, let me ask you a bit of advice. Mm-hmm. I would feel bad about pimping merch during this virus. I would. I, I, I don't think you can date me. There's something about... Mm. I don't think... I don't know. It depends. I think it's really bad if you're doing something like, for example, a mask. Hold you know on, I mean? hold on, Rab. Are you trying to refer to the fact that you can now get your very own wrestling daft face mask? No, see, but this is the thing. This maybe <laughs> sounds like me doing an elegant uh, wee transition into punting that face mask. <laughs> I am genuinely saying that it's disgusting to sell it. However, the punters might want an example. Of, there's nothing more wrestling than trying to sell a fucking mask with fucking wrestling daft on it. Rab, I must admit, as soon as I've seen that, 
picture because obviously we're in a WhatsApp group and John sends us this fucking new merchandise idea. Well, I think it's already is it up? It's up. You can get it now. <laughs> I found out. Listen, the merch. The people that we work with came to us and said, you know do you want to, to do this? And I said, well, there's maybe an opportunity there, you know, coming from... To the, make money out of people dying. At no, least we're because gaining... everybody's going to be wanting to buy a face mask. And, I know, know, at least we're giving them away for free, I suppose, aren't we? Oh, wait a minute. Donating something to the NHS? Wait a minute, 13 quid? Oh, sorry, I thought it, I thought it said free there for a minute, but it says twelve ninety nine. So we'll literally maybe see about 50 pence of this, Rob, but at the same time, that's fucking blood money. <laughs> so, everybody is a... a I would say it's a public service because right. Well, you need to. I would I say it's going to be a collector's item because it's going right. to fucking end all your careers. Right. So exactly. people out there should buy them. People want to buy the things that ended all your careers. I don't want this to be out on Twitter, as in in terms of John. Don't be tweeting about it. But I want to hear people's the wrestling daft listeners' views at us and tell us what you think about Aye. us being involved in a fucking face COVID nineteen face mask. Uh, I think you'll find Rangers Scam. doing one very soon, Grado, and let's see what you're, what you're wearing then when Rangers bring out a face mask. All right, all right, okay. Are we, uh, Rangers are bringing out a wee mask with a wee flute on it. A flute pointing out that way. <laughs> uh, you've always got to go to the sectarianism, haven't you? I'm sorry, mate. Right, and Meron Grado versus Alexa now. Has Adam Crawford been in touch saying, Grado, forget about Alexa. Google Home is what you want to be asking. Right, let's hear, this, let's let's hear it. According to Wikipedia, Graham Steveley, better known by the ring name Grado, is a Scottish professional wrestler and actor, currently signed to World of Sport Wrestling and Insane Championship Wrestling, where he is a former ICW World Heavyweight Champion. TNA? TNA? Was it? Was it? I was in TNA! Are you in TNA? Was it no saying anything? I'm not even signed to ITV or ICW, I just turned up. You never mentioned TNA. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us about any of that or just random wrestling related stuff, get us on Twitter at Wrestling Daft or Insta at Wrestling Daft Podcast or just Wrestling Daft on Facebook or email us wrestlingdaft at gmail.com. Every week we like to separate the good for the bad in wrestling, the Jimmy Core kills for the Fred Talbots. You need to listen to last week's episode to get the juicy details on all of that. Gredo, you want what you want to bury and put over this week? Because I know you watched Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank, baby. Um, right. I felt when I was watching Money in the Bank, it reminded me of me and my pals playing wrestling in the corridors when it was a fucking wet playtime. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's what it felt. That's what it came across to me. Asuka, she'd done my tits in. All that screaming. Right. Um, I'm trying to think what was good. I liked Bruce Pritchard. Or Pritchard, whatever you want to call it. The Doink the Clown was shite. Uh, I don't know how I feel, Rab. I really don't know if it was a big pile of shite or if it was just all right. It was nothing groundbreaking. And the, 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 the getting launched off the the tap of the, 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 the building was quickly buried by immediately showing a fucking zoom shot of a fucking crash mat where they get through Right, okay. Here's my take on it. No, no, no. Here's my take on it. Right. I bet you would. Wait, wait. Right. Here's my take on it. What did you okay. mean say to it? Well, here's the thing. Right, here's my take on it. I thought it was a missed opportunity. So they are. Match, right? So they are. I thought it was a missed opportunity. I thought the concept was good. I thought the concept was good. I think a lot of people were very excited to see what they would do. 
but I think there was a real lack of fresh ideas in there. It felt juvenile to me. It felt difficult to invest in because it was kind of daft and cartoonish in the wrong way. Um, the references that were made to older wrestlers knew, uh, you know, I, I, I have to disagree with you in one point, Grado, and that having brother love pop, pop out at one point is absolutely meaningless. It's 2020. Why that is happening, I have no idea. Why you've got Johnny Ace driving out and, and making his wee appearance as well, John Laurinaitis making his appearance, no idea why that would be happening. Why it's even there would be a... Re- to, who's why? obviously filmed it in her house in her iPhone. Steph is fine because at least she's currently in... All right, all right. I mean, at least on, she's wait. currently there, Grado. Right, but my point is having people uh, having people like uh, John Laurinaitis and Brother Love well, and Doink the, even... Uh, the fans know that they're, they're working backstage. No, come on. I, I just kind of feel like it's so... Vince, the ideas could have been so great. dated. Uh, felt so dated, the ideas. The Vince stuff could have been great. The Vince stuff could, I mean, everybody was hoping, I think, to see Vince, you know, um, and that stuff was all fine. But there was just, it was just, for me, idea-wise through it, it was poorly executed. It felt like a first draft, I kind of rushed together. Like, who can we get a hoddy uh, to, to do the wee kind of appearances and stuff like that? The office felt horribly empty, I think. This is the, an, another one of these problems where you don't really consider in your head I think when everybody held, held the idea, they were kind of visualizing that Super Bowl WWF advert almost with people in the offices and stuff like that. And it, it just felt, again, this kind of empty, soulless kind of thing. I didn't like it. It didn't do it for me. And I do agree with you, Grado, actually, that I'm a big fan of Asuka. I think she's great. I think she's great. But this new spin on her gimmick, by the way, where she's doing all this daft, frantic uh, behavior is, is slowly starting to do my boxing. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious, yeah. I, and this is what I wanted to bury as well because um, obviously Becky Lynch announced her pregnancy, right, on Raw, and now we have this segment, which is a lovely segment, I think, but is completely ruined, completely torpedoed by Asuka having to um, perform within a new gimmick, which is this ridiculous running up the ramp and dancing about on the on the commentary desk and all that. Asuka was when she was in NXT, she was. Here, here was her gimmick. Here was her gimmick. She was a mysterious, fantastic, tough, unbeatable wrestler for right. Japan. Should, that was her gimmick. She was a hard ass. She was like an unbeatable iron wrestler for Japan who was mysterious and had a had a, a kind of charis, charismatic air about her. What this is that she's playing now, just a sword and kind of. And she was like, what the, f- what the, what is her fucking deal? Aye. What is going on there? That's you one of the ones where you're a front <laughs> it. <laughs> Dancing about, I was just like, let this, let this fantastic wrestler just wrestle. Well, just Aye. fucking wrestle. What is this nonsense? Anyway, Aye. that's my. No, do you know what you've said? That's exactly, mate, it's funny, man. You're pure intelligent with shit like this. You really are. But juvenile was a great word for it because just the stuff where like, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles arguing about who fucking was who looked like a gonk in, in Vince's office and stuff like that. Fuck me, man! It was a pile of fucking jobby. But also, but also, here's the thing: there needs to be no in a million years. I think back in Stone Cold and the Rocks era and all that. Can you imagine anybody coming to Stone Cold with this idea? 
you go and you end up fighting and you brawl into Vince McMahon's office and you realise Vince is stoning there and you shite yourself and you Aye. fix the chairs and all that. There's fucking no way Stone Cold would have stood for that. He'd have been like, I'm not fucking doing that. Aye. I'm not doing it. I'm not looking like a fucking idiot. I'm fear to the boss. I'm not doing it. And they, I mean, they, they, they did a lot of fucking stupid and um, there was, what was it? There was another bit and all that AJ Styles looked like a photo of the Undertaker. I mean, come on. I would see. I, I wasn't. I didn't feel that was that bad. At least there was a wee bit of background for that. At least there was like, oh, he's scared. It's fine to go. He's scared of the Undertaker. I'm. I'm all right to that. He sees it. He has a wee bit of a kind of triggery moment Aye, but, where he has a wee flashback. It was a picture. They went too far with the room with the blue light. I think you know that. And mm. I don't know, mate. But I the brother, the Don the Clown thing was a late. Surely somebody sitting there in the edit would have went. Ah, don't put that in it. You know what I mean? Aye. Because there would have been bits that have taken out, and I'm thinking, how the fuck did that not get cut out? There was wee moments. It was literally a skinny guy with a fucking. He didn't even the. He didn't even have the bald bit in his head that Doink had. No, it was crap. It was pointless. There was one. There was one moment. Go. And and the match, however, that I thought was right. brilliant. Well, let me try and see more. if I can guess. See if I can guess. Okay. It. Okay. It's no the leaving AJ Styles with the the weights, was it? No. 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 Was it today with a woman or a man? No, I hated that bit. That, oh, that was crap. Because you could that see that he could well. get out from under it. You could see that he could get Aye. out. Um, who here's, was involved? Here's what I loved. King Corbin. Right, oh, you go. right at the start of the match, in that gym room, right, he flings something and smashes yeah. the mirror. And he stops and he looks at the broken mirror. And he just has a moment. There's just a moment where he's looking at it. Obviously, hinting to himself, it's fucking seven years bad luck. For me, you know what I mean? And that yeah. was just a moment for me that I thought, this is amazing. They should run with this gimmick. King Corbin should be losing matches for the next fucking two or three years and blaming that mirror. Wow. <laughs> you are a genius. But that must be what they're thinking. That surely must be what they were thinking because they shot that bit. It was a beautiful bit. I'm, I, do you know what? I'm jealous of your mind sometimes. <laughs> I'm Away. so jealous of your mind. Away, mate. You is, come up with ideas. Is, mate, you come up with ideas while you're in the ring. You're, you're sharper than me. No, Look, but, he, but here's, aye, but here's the thing. Fucking brilliant. Do you know what? I'm going to um, I'm going to get in my group chat with a couple of wrestlers and say that, and hope they don't listen to the show this week. <laughs> I just think I think that might have been Corbin's. I, I I'm really quite high on Corbin. I think Corbin. I'm no mate. I don't know. Does a great. Is. Oh no, I think he does a great job. I think he, he's a great heel. Um, I think he's good in the ring as well, and you know I, I like to watch him. And I just that wee moment there, I thought this guy's going to this guy's going to be blaming this fucking mirror smash. I hope they run with they should run with it for seven I years. He was a tank. I thought he was a tank, but he's no one, you know. He's just yeah. tall. Yeah, but but he's well. You bother me. Anyway, let's see what the punters say. That was a good. It was nice to have a chat about an That's actual the wrestling event. First wasn't it? time we've ever reviewed a fucking match, and it was good. The wasn't first it? time it was actually good, but. Maybe you, should Maybe you should watch wrestling. <laughs> Let's see what the punters have got to say. Scott wants to put over the last ride documentary on the Superb. network. Absolutely class. I've not watched it yet. Oh, mate. It's, I can't believe I you've can't, not watched it. No, I'm going to watch I'm going to watch it this week. But I'm the not best... Watching. I'm not going to... Without spoiling it for you, the, the best thing about it is his worker walk. Do you know what I mean by that? Aye, aye, aye. aye. He's old hobble. Mm -hmm. The hobble is fucking... He has... I mean, obviously, he's getting the option. To have the worker walk because he's fucked, right? But his worker walk is tremendous. It's just a hang where it's just like he has mastered that. But as I say, he's getting the option. He's fucking. He's mastered it. Um, 
Scott also wants to say that he loved the brother love cameo at Money in the Bank. Absolutely pushing myself laughing. Scott wants to bury uh, Jake the Snake Hips Roberts being a total pervert in AEW. Surprised he's not sharing a cell with Corbin after that. I've known, I don't know what that's in reference. Oh, that, that, see, that's, yeah. It was after the Lance Archer match. It was very, very bizarre that Brandy Rhodes was knocked out and Jake the Snake kind of grinded on top of her. It was... <laughs> was, was Braveheart and the woman in the tent? Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. What are you trying to look up, Jake? Uh, grab! Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to have a look. Oh my god! <laughs> have you seen this? Oh, that's not that bad. I don't think. No, 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 mate. Go to right. Wait there. Wait there. No, I'm at two, two, two minutes. Two minutes fifty-one seconds. Right, go yeah. to two minutes fifty-one seconds. Right, then watch. Yeah, well, that's weird, isn't it? <laughs> He didn't need to do that wee sugar, sugar. That wee wiggle. He didn't need to do that sugar, man. <laughs> what the fuck was he sugaring on a father? Um, Scott wants to bury this effing virus for depriving us of a push for Sami Zayn with the Intercontinental title. And wants to put over Asuka. She has to be the most entertaining performer on WWE. Well, there you go. Um, David Legeski wants to bury Asuka when she realised she'd won the belt. Who was she screaming to? Horrendous. My cat didn't ken what was happening and had to mute it. She needs punted. Back to Japan where that prick Meltzer can watch her. <laughs> oh, that's, that's you know, so funny. It almost sounds a wee bit racist. It does sound racist, but we get what he means. Back to like, Japan. How about we fucking punt David Logeski back to wherever the fucking Logeskis came from? How about that? And wants to put over Rollins for being the only one to take the title off Becky. Fuck off, David. You're banned for this podcast. Right. The Legeskis have been cancelled. Really like kidding on. Really kidding on. We're just working you. Fire Soul 86. Putting over Baron Corbin on Twitter, just destroying geeks left, right and centre. I've not seen this, but that's probably good. Yeah. Burying Seth Rollins for being unsafe again and potentially ending Becky Lynch's career. <laughs> Get it? Because yeah, had sex well. Right. Jardo says, um, put over Becky Lynch. I think it's huge for the top women's wrestler in the world to take time out to have a kid, as this is probably something that discourages a lot of women in the business with their career being on hold. Amazing for her to prove anyone can be a mom and a wrestler. Well said. Nicely done. Bury the shite, don't doink the clown at money in the bank. Who even was that? I, we, I want to find whoever that was and fucking battle him, man. Whose idea was to keep that in? I mean, can I dress up? Can I dress up his doink? How do you doink? Can I dress up his doink? How do you doink? How do you? I can be a doink. Rotten. Right, rotten. Liam Mielsen says, Bury Sammy for getting the title taken off him for no fight in 30 days. For thirty days, but it's all right for Brock. Put her Drew for just being Drew, calling everybody bitches. That's my bird asking me how long I've got left. All right, we'll not be long. We're nearly done. We're nearly done because that's the end. Uh, tell your girlfriend not to worry because that's the end of the burying and putting over segment. Let's move um, on. As lockdown continues, it's time to get more content from Wrestling Daft by signing up to a Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash. That's Patreon. Sorry, 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 me backslashes. That'll make its way to the t shirt, yeah. Patreon.com forward slash, me backslashes wrestling daft. Hello to some of our new uh, patrons, Graham Muller. Hello there, big man. Jamie and Jack, are they brothers? Who knows? Uh, We've set up three tiers. (laughs) You can choose to get involved at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Tier one, you can be the cruiserweight champion, which is about four dollars, about three pounds a month. On that, you can get a patron-only chat community. 
ad-free versions of all episodes. Full unedited version. No, you can't get that because, well, you can, but I mean, some of the shit I mean, I'm saying, man. It's like that sometimes. I know. Uh, you can get the video version of the Marks podcast, uh, and you can vote on what you want to see featured listed in the list of wrestling daft. Tier 2, Intercontinental Champion, which is £10.70. Uh, you can get everything in Tier 1 as well as a video version of the podcast each week, bonus episode once a month, and you can join our Patreon pay-per-view parties. Tier 3, you're the World Heavyweight Champion, which is $20 a month. That's about 15 quid. Everything in the previous tiers as well as free tickets to every live event once we're allowed to get ourselves out of isolation again, and as long as you're, as you're signed up. A free wrestling daft shirt design of your choice, uh, and you must sign up for a minimum of three months before you can get Hollands on one hour. Got great t-shirts. I wonder if they're able to, to pick the guy the fucking face mask instead. Plus, you get to feature on one of our shows as one of our marks. So, if you fancy that, becoming one of our patrons, sign up now at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft as we would like you to welcome into our roster. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You just made the list! Okay, it's time for uh, the list of Wrestling Daft. Now, this week on our Patreon, we asked for you guys to vote on our list of Wrestling Daft for this week. And remember, you can vote for this by signing up for $4 a month at patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. Any backslashes or you'll get slashed. This week, it was the worst gimmicks against the worst themes. And the winner, with 60% of the vote, was worst gimmicks. So, it's uh, my turn uh, to... Well, I'm going to tell you what my three worst gimmicks are, are going to be. Of this, uh, of this show. Uh, now I know that a lot of people are going to say the Shockmaster probably and things like that, but mine's are going to be a wee bit more interesting. Too intelligent for that. Come on. I'm too intelligent for that, right? I've got a a, a reason for uh, everything that I do. Okay. So coming in first of all, right, is at number three, the Blue Mini. The blue meanie. Why? Because I have no idea. See, see for me, look, I'm just being personal here, right? See for me, all I could work out that that guy's gimmick was was that he was just an annoying cunt. Oh, I could. I like. I like. Oh, wait, 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 there is something about, I know there's like worse, there's cartoonish gimmicks that come to these gee and all that, but the Blue Mini, I could never really get my head around what I was watching with the Blue Mini. I hated the gimmick, you know, and I thought the guy was capable enough. I just kind of thought, I had a facet to it or like, where's the depth in it? What is it? What are you? Is it just, is it blue hair? What is it? And it's just a gimmick I don't like, so that's my number three. Is that all right, boys? You really fucking dug deep to find the Blue Mini. Thank you. My number two 
as Eugene. Eugene hulking up! Over Eugene! Lefts and rights and oh, big right hand puts Shane down! The heir apparent to the McMahon Empire just got canvassed! And Mr. McMahon is speechless! And the big boot! <laughs> Eugene should be wearing yellow and red! Oh my god, you're kidding me on. I'm not kidding you on. Right, well, we're going to have, we're going to have is, words here. Why, you better not say that it was disrespectful and all this. Eugene is arguably arguably the worst gimmick in wrestling history. Absolute bullshit. It was a gimmick that um, was always was always borderline offensive. They never Fuck really knew off, how to play no, it. Wasn't they never really knew how to play it. It was always borderline offensive. And he was a character who, who always weakened. So Forrest, so Forrest Gump played somebody in a film that was... No, um, come on now. No, wrestling wait, uh, wrestling isn't Forrest Gump. But, wrestling isn't Forrest Gump. And, and, we, all, and we, all, we all respect to uh, uh, Nick Dinsmore, right? Aye. He isn't Tom Hanks. Okay, no, I, I know, I know you know the guy personally, not, and I'm sure it's he's a good guy. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got I'm nothing sure to do he's with a that. He's a good guy, but it's that gimmick to do with was, that, and he's, he couldn't be a prick sometimes. That so gimmick was a gimmick that, if somebody watched you watching wrestling, and Eugene was on, you felt embarrassed watching it. Look, felt, em, fuck felt embarrassed, that's... and also just for a pure storytelling wrestling point of view, Eugene never enhanced anybody that he was in the ring with. He never, he never, wrestling has got to be a give and take thing. When you, Grado, when you're in the ring with somebody, right? Right. There has been occasions where people have made you look good and you've come out, come out looking stronger and there's been occasions where you went in and you've put guys over and made them come out stronger. You put Eugene in, in the ring in any situation and nobody's coming out with many a shine on them. Nobody is. If he beat, look good. Sometimes he was even beating guys. Sometimes Eugene Listen, was even beating guys nothing. that he should have had nay fucking, uh, nay why should he have been beating them, nay why should he, even for a bit of fun, uh, it's a, a gimmick that I hated. It was a gimmick that had nay question. professional wrestling. Let me ask you a question. Did you know think that it was great that, right, so his character, did you see his character had learning difficulties? I don't think even the WWE knew exactly right, okay, what right, the right, character but what I'm saying was. Is, the, the, I like the 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 bit where Regal was in the ring with him, and you know Regal's kind of kind of strobbing him off, going right, whatever. Let me see, and and he's showing him what today arm drags and whatever, and Eugene just bests him every time. Did you know I think that was great? I'm not saying that there wouldn't be moments, right, in Eugene's run where people try and make the best of a bad situation, but it was people yeah, were always fucking millennial. People were always fighting an uphill battle with that character. The second worst gimmick of all time, Yuji. But my number one, however, isn't he, is, a, is a wrestler that I love. And the reason why I've chosen this gimmick as number one is because I feel like this is one of the prime examples of the WWE completely dropping the ball with somebody. And that is Stalker DDP. Undertaker! Like the Diamond Cutter! Now, those of you who know me are asking yourself the question, why? That was bizarre. Bringing in DDP, who wrestling fans loved and still love to this day. 
and bringing him in as this weird stalker character to go up against the Undertaker was one of the biggest gimmick misfires I think there's there's ever been. Because he could have been really seeing you think about it. We can all see in hindsight the invasion angle, but he could have been the true leader. Him and Booker T, because they never had their Goldbergs, they never had their Stings, they never had Nash. But DDP was WCW. He was a WCW guy. He was a WCW's People's Champion. He should have been in going up against The Rock. It should Aye, have been he should a have big... been the first guy. In fact, see, you mentioned that. I think that's true. I know you don't agree with him, but I'm sure Cornette booked the invasion angle, and I'm sure he had DDP versus The Rock. That's what it should have been. That's what it should have been. Bringing him in in that weird situation, expecting you to boo him, expecting you to boo a guy that you fucking love against Aye. The Undertaker, and doing that to try and make you boo him. He bullshit. was a Ricky Lake and everything back in the day. Let's see, what punters say. Was over. Yeah. Let's see what punters say. Chris hated when WCW ruined Mike Awesome and turned him into the fat chick thriller and I, that 70s guy. That. Yeah, I, I agree with that, that as well. Complete Russell garbage. Because, because Awesome is so underrated. Yes. So he underrated was, when you watch back his matches. What was, a big fucking he was matches lumpy a boy. His matches were great. Real shame is Awesome could really go in the ring. His match with Tanaka at one night stand is one of my favourite matches of all time. That is a dynamite match, man. Match. I missed that. He's matched with Tanaka at one night stand. Oh, right, and he's uh, Heat Wave 98 is a great match. They have they wrestled each other and also at Hardcore Heaven 2000, I think. We love they him, big Michael. Awesome. They, they've, they've always had great matches. I mean, when you watch it back now and you think in hindsight with old CTE stuff, Jesus, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And God then you think to yourself, that, God rest him, I know, and you know what? Fucking, I hope that didn't play a part in whatever, you know, his, his, his last couple of years. And, yeah. Yep. Guybrush Streetwood says that Kerwin White, although his theme tune was banging. Totally forgot about that. Totally Aye, forgot about Kerwin well. White. Um, Goshi says Goldust at seven. As seven, was he no a mad pedo? I don't remember the mad pedo aspect. I actually quite liked seven. I quite liked the whole entrance, the floating was, and all that. But was that a shoot? Well, has that ever been cleared up? No, I don't know. When if he gets would... in the ring and he goes, look at that fucking stain at me. You know, da, da, da. Oh, that's brilliant, man. I would love to get, I would love to get him on that show, man. Dustin on that show they talked about some okay, of that stuff what a legend okay. Christopher says shucky ducky quack quack was that Booker T it's not really, it's not really like gimmick was it it's just, just like annoying saying, it? Says. Mm. Darbo says the shock master lasts about two seconds nah but we don't I, nah I'm not having that no, that's, that's, that's somebody that's just Darbo's just got the internet aye <laughs> Grant McGarry says what about the Yeti came out done up like a mummy and proceeded to dry hump Hulk Hogan I kind of love all the mad gimmicks for 80s. John Montgomery, gobbledygooker, was supposed to be a wafer. Hector Guerrero to come in, and he assured everybody he could wrestle in the outfit, but in the end, he could hardly even get in the <laughs> uh, Stuart Taylor says, I'm going to keep saying Beaver Cleavage every week. Beaver Cleavage was, yeah, that was a weird one, wasn't it? It was like a kind of, that was a weird one. What was Beaver Cleavage? Um, it was your boy out of the... Was it Mosh? Yeah, it was your, it was, it was your boy out of the... Headbangers. Um, the headbangers. Right, and I he think came that... In, that a weird, a weird relationship with his maw kind of thing, wasn't he? Aye. It was like a leave it to beaver type thing. Garbage. Um, <laughs> like this next one. Peter Stewart, The Undertaker. Never seen that jabroni at a funeral yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, isn't it? It's good, it's good. That's good, man. Listen to the week. I'm happy. Uh, I listen to the week, gang. Before he uh, definitely listen to the week. J.S. Todd, Phantasmo the Magician, who appeared, squashed a few guys, then disappeared, never to be seen again. That's maybe the perfect gimmick. A guy just turns up, fucking bars a couple of guys, then poof. Done his job. Done his job. Kyle MacArthur, any dancing gimmick before or after Too Cool, it just Disney work. That's not true because there was a dancing gimmick. There was Alex Wright in WCW 
who used to come out and he used to do a bit of dancing. He had a bit of dancing on the that was German like Eurobeat kind of nightclub. Aye, kind of Eurobeat. I loved Alex Wright. WCW, I loved him. Even when he was Berlin, remember when he changed into Berlin? Aye, Berlin. Alex Wright. Who was the guy that had the electric guitar in WCW? He was always on Saturday Night Live. What was his name? He played the, the guitar here. What was his name? Was that no Van Hammer? Aye, Van Hammer. That was it. That's Van Hammer, mate. Um, also, Zeus was a pretty short and gimmick for WCW. Sandy says all of the early mid nineties occupational gimmicks like Dean Douglas, Duke the Dumpster, Isaac Yankum, DDS. Why did they all have to be not have normal jobs and be wrestlers as well? <laughs> and Gavin Dobson says Papa Shango. Me laugh for some reason. Simple as that. Just somebody sitting there that's just oh, fucking Papa Shango. Papa Shango. Papa Shango. <laughs> you can go wrestling daft by sporting your very own wrestling daft t-shirt. I think it's fine to buy a t-shirt. Get them. At shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. It's acceptable to buy a t shirt. On there, you'll find designs such as I'm a Mark, I'm a Take a Bump for you, Chips, Cheese, and Donnery, and I'm a Wrestler Tay. Plus, new to your stand, in these times, you need a face mask. So, right now, you can look fucking hell. It says here, I can't believe they're actually John, John has written here, right now, you can look COVID cool. You are kidding me, the fuck. Your very on. own wrestling daft face mask. Don't fucking buy a face mask. Jesus Don't Christ. buy a face mask. Don't, don't tell them they were selling face masks. No, don't fucking tell anybody that. This is, it, look, look these, get, this is a group where together, we're sitting together here. Don't let them know that Rav Florence and Grado are involved in a fucking company that are trying to benefit out of fucking illness. You. You vote with your feet here. Don't fucking buy any of these masks. So check out a range of t-shirts and hoodies, though, right? And phone covers. You can get phone covers Didn't at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. No, or check out the links on our Facebook page or Twitter at wrestling daft. Now, it's time to introduce at last, at last, a right good Tim onto the show. Finally, sitting opposite this staunch Rangers man doing this podcast I'm telling you it's, it's, it's nice to have a, a wee bit of just a wee bit of fresh air into the room let's introduce your former two-time ICW World Heavyweight Champion a one-time Zero-G Champion he currently works in NXT UK he's in NXT UK he's in WWE he's a member of Gallus please welcome the Iron Man Iron Man himself Joe Coffey how are you doing, my man, with the lockdown happening, with the fact you've no been in a ring, you've had some great momentum behind you, you've been doing your stuff in NXT UK, you've been taking the bull by the horns and, and doing great promo stuff and all that. How are you feeling? You must be champing at the bit to get back. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to getting back. It's uh, it's just a strange, strange time for everyone, really. Um, especially with so much wrestling content on just now. Um, especially I'm just looking at WWE I watch Money in the Bank on, on Sunday and watch Wrestlemania and that but I suppose the, the good thing is the downtime is we don't get a lot of downtime and it's almost let me fall in love with wrestling again just watching you know old old matches old events um, Are you missing the old lady? The canvas? Are you missing I, You miss the canvas Mate I've just said it today I'm missing the canvas uh, so I, I miss caressing her, I miss landing on her, I miss feeling the ropes, the turnbuckles. I'm, I'm filling up, you know, I think about it. I miss uh, it well, our, uh, our mutual friend, Big Sweeney, I mm-hmm. said, uh, he messaged me and he said he was talking to you. I went, oh, that's funny, because I messaged Grado, you know, 
last week with a match. <laughs> like, mate, when you get the buzz back, watch this match. There's tons of stuff that you can do. But I have to come on your podcast to hear from you. Billy Big I was thinking that. I goes, shit, we've got Joe Coffey on and he texted me last week and I'm sure I'll be fucking Joe, you've always always struck me as a guy who has always tried to improve himself all the time. Always been working. For as long as I've kind of been aware of you, you've been a guy who's kind of been going through a process of trying to improve as a wrestler, trying to improve all the aspects of your work. So are you, are, you going to, are you going to be doing a bit of that in this downtime? Is that going to be part of the downtime as well? Just to kind of, obviously you can't do the work in the ring, but just have a think about your trajectory and, and your character and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Um, like, it's like, you've got to treat it as well as an, as an act. It's, it's, you know, it's like an existential personality, essentially. And obviously with both of you being actors and that, you know, getting into a role essentially. And it's, it's what I've been doing, like, or like I don't like the Gallus firm. I don't walk about like I'm not in a gangster firm. Do you know what I mean? So we've had to like just watch stuff and and take bits from here and there. And you know, I always carry like a pan and a, a pad and a pen around me, kind of like Larry David. Like that's exactly what I was going to say, Larry David. If an, idea, an idea that. I see on TV or just if I'm watching something or, or like even just people must think I'm mental when I'm driving around like I'm talking like just talking like there's no one in the car do you know what I mean but just always try to practice you know talking and uh, and ideas for, for, for what might come and, and, and all credit to WWE during this uh, pandemic and downtime they've been keeping us busy you know for example like giving us opportunities like doing this coming on this podcast and uh, doing other different bits of media and like acting seminars and online seminars. And, really? Yeah, like skill sessions as well. Like essentially, what a skill session is is match analysis. Right. So, you know, like on a Zoom chat, similar to this with you know William Regal, Robbie Brookside, Johnny Moss, James Mason, and just dissecting matches. So brilliant. It, it, you know what I mean? Like you can, you cannot argue with that. It's oh, that's it's amazing, valuable, man. But see, Joe, how long have you been wrestling? Now? When was your first training session? Uh, my first training session was the week before WrestleMania 25. So what is that? Eleven years now? Eleven years? Two thousand nine. Yep. I remember, man, because I, I used to just dip in out the wrestling noon again and all that. And I remember, I specifically remember you, Jackie, and Mark starting. And I went, "Jeez, fucking these guys are." I think he's only had been training about three weeks, man, and he's. I think to myself. They must have been practicing this shit out of the back door or something like that. I goes, how come they're so good at that? And not only that, there was shows, right? And say you had only you and your brother and that, you said been training for like about six weeks. And I used to be mortified, right? Because you would have shows where you would do ring announcing maybe as part of paying your dues or whatever. But I'm thinking, he looks me like a wrestler than anybody on their show. Just... Put him in a match and fucking let him raggy somebody, raggy about somebody. Well, I went tracky, and do you know what I mean? To get him, I mean, Rob, I was like, I, know what I, mean, eh? I was mortified that he was having to ring announce and stuff like that. No, but listen, Grado, as all the as all the trainees all know in Japan and stuff like that, when you're coming up, you, you do everything, you do a bit of fucking everything when you're coming up. It's like you respect everybody in that fucking building on the night of the show. So I don't imagine Joe's a guy who would bat an eyelid about, about these kind of things on the road up, you know what I mean? What was Japan like? Were you mopping flares? Were you making breakfast for folk? What were you doing? What was the deal? Was it like that kind of idea? Or were you? was it a different kind of treatment? Was it different? So Japan in Fuzzy 01 was probably one of the best years of my life. 
right. don't get me wrong, living in poverty, mm-hmm. proper squalor, man. Like mm-hmm. we were in this apartment, if you can call it that, and there was there must have been twelve of us living in this apartment. Like there was no beds on the floor. You know what I mean? There was cockroaches kicking about, and I, I remember coming from the airport, opening the doors up, and I went, "Wow!" <laughs> I've actually I've got a video. I've got a video on my old laptop. I put a video, and I went, I sent it to Mark, and I was like, "This is this is terrible." Aye. <laughs> what? It, it didn't matter. Like the crew we had there, like and the crew that we had in Zero One, like all the guys in the like non-Japanese wrestlers, we had me. We had Jonathan Desham, who's in Ring of Honor. Oh, I remember Devlin, uh, Sean Maxer, who is still in OTT. And uh, James Radin, who's still with uh, Zero... I think he's still with Zero One. Uh, oh, God. Uh, a lot of people in that camp. We were in New Japan. You know, like, there was a really good crew of folk and, like, folk that I still speak to. Uh, this day and that and it was just it was always good because we'd be in the dojo and be learning each other's styles like they would like me and Gresham would be more well versed in like the old British wrestling style and European style was and then some of the guys were better high flyers and that so we'd all just chip in and, but the what? training was the training was brutal man like I can imagine see, see when, I, once I was I was absolutely blown away I'm cutting you off sorry but I was Ooh. absolutely blown away once I went there was a show in Coventry where there was about 10 folk in the crowd but before it Zach Sabre Jr. and Gresham had a roll about the ring, and I was like, oh, holy, they're fucking tremendous, by the way. The things they were doing, I was just going, wow, I can sit and watch this all night. You know what I mean? And then they get put in fucking like a rumble. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the, training was, the training was brutal. It was like you'd be, the first hour would be conditioning, so you would always start off with 500 free squats. Oh. And, then, and then it would be like some push up variations on the push up board. And then you go into like an hour of shoot training, so like grappling and jiu-jitsu type stuff. And then the last hour would be pro training, where you get your rolls in, and then we do whatever. Get the best bit, get the rolls in. Hey, Rob. Roll and slice. And then, <laughs> so you do that, and you absolutely you'd be knackered by the end of it. You'd absolutely, be. but like it's still training that I still do to this day. Like essentially. As well, being stuck in lockdown, I've got a push-up board, and it's just like deck of cards. What we would do in the in the in the dojo, you would choose like four exercises, do that, and then on you go. Do you know what I mean? It's all body weight stuff, so it's something that I can take into to a situation that that I'm doing now. And I always remember something stuck out to me as well. If I ever take wrestling seminars, I will always start with like maybe two hundred squats. In some kind of push-up variations, and people might moan, "Go, oh, this isn't wrestling." But uh, Finn Balor said something to me that will always stick with me. If you cannot do a push-up or a squat, then it's not that you're not a functional wrestler; you're not a functional human being. Like if you can't sit up and down a few times and pull yourself off the ground, like how are you going to get like? How are you going to get through life if you fall over or something like that? So, <laughs> something, something that's always that, that's always stuck with me, and I'll always, uh, I'll always do. That's because you're strong, in you, Joe. <laughs> this is the thing, isn't it? You're strong. That's one of the things that's always, that, that, you know. You're He's strong, man. You're strong. You know what I mean? That's the that's the grounding. You're strong. But there's a lot of people who don't know Grado. There's a lot of people who have muscles 
and they're not that strong. You know right. what I mean? There's a lot of people that are, that have that don't have muscles but are strong. <laughs> right? We'll I see. just pointed myself to the people that have not subscribed to the Patreon. Yeah. You're, you're picking up the wee cocktail glass, no bother. Cocktail. Uh, but Joe, I did you see when you? I always wonder about this. Like when you're in Japan, I know you probably very little money and stuff like that. But did you get a chance to kind of cut about Japan? Did you get a chance to have a wee look and see the sights a bit? Yeah, I mean, with, with Zero One as well, we we toured. So like that was a that was a really cool thing because like you read like Jericho's books and uh, you know Bret Hart's books and that we're on the tour bus and. Um, going to different wee Japanese towns and like we were in like Kyoto, Sapporo, like all these little places. In fact, I posted a picture not too long ago in my socials, and it's like wrestling ring, and we're on this like beautiful beach. Like it looks like a like a Tekken setting yeah. or something yeah. like that, or Street Fighter. Uh, just like little things like that. I was really cool. And then you'd always get taken out for these sponsor dinners, which were the best, man. Like oh, Korean Korean barbecue every night, like oh, just. Different. I love a Korean barbecue. I did love it, it. Did it feel? Was it? Was it feeling real at that point? Do you know what I mean? When you start to feel like, I'm a, I'm a wrestler, man. This is like. You get that buzz. It's like I'm in Japan. Like, I remember the first time I done Kurikin Bowl. I was like, this is mad. Like I've read about this place. I've right. watched it hundreds or thousands of times. In fact, I get my tooth knocked out in Kurikin Hall. I still. Jeez. Um, oh, aye, Christ. That's yeah. a bad I, I, I didn't bother getting it fixed. I was nah. like, I'm not getting it fixed. You know, that, that, um, but I was a guy, Kohei Sato, working who was just this, I think he was just a shoot fighter. And he, the first forearm he gave me, I was like, that all your money, mate? Like, what? <laughs> I, you know, like, boom. I gave him one back. I was like, right, have this. Gave me another one back. Just the tooth oh. flying out. I was like, Right, that's how this is going to go. So I was like, right, son, let's have it. Aye, <laughs> like, swear go. I wrestled, I wrestled uh, him like nine nights in a row, and it was like me and uh, James Redeen against uh, him and his partner Kamikaze, two opposites. Kamikaze, light as a feather, you know, just like very, very, you know, old pro wrestling style, whereas uh, Kohei was more just aggressive shoot. And did, did they know soften up as the nights went by? Did they know? No, that's, just, nah. that's just how we worked. That's just, just how we style. Yeah, it's just how we wrestled. Just had to respect it. But there was then like the fourth night, I turned to uh, Big James Redeen and went, I've had enough of this, man. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to give him what for. So he snapmares me down and kicks me in the back as hard as he can. And like my arms went numb and I had to like do that to get the feeling. I went, Oh, sack this man, snap me, snap me him down, booted him up the back, went, come on then. Aye, he, just he just done it again. He just kept doing it. <laughs> I see how this is going to be played out, so uh, I'll just tag out at this point. But, uh, Remember the story I always tell you, I, I bam you up, up about it now, but when we wrestled Nervin, I had just kind of started back, like, as being great and all that, and I was a fucking strob. And uh, I put you in a wrestler, and you were going, listen up, listen up, listen up, listen up, listen up. I was going, I'm going to fucking loosen it up. I'm going to fucking loosen it up. I, I never, but see if you think about it, man. Like, we had some really good matches that probably haven't got the exposure that they they they, 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 they should have had. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, the one in Norwich, I loved it, man. I managed that night. You cared at me through that, man. I know we're jumping timelines, but one of, the, one of my best pro wrestling memories is us being on tour in ICW 
the tour bus has broke down literally at the M6 toll in Birmingham. Just everyone is like, well, we're not going to make the show here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we're waiting on a replacement bus. I think Drew had made it. The, I think he'd flown in from Evolve. And the only people there are Adam Shame and two members of the ring crew. So Drew oh, had yeah. to go out and put this impromptu promo and just leather Big Shamer and leather these two ring crew. Because the wrestles were there yet. For like 20 minutes, man. That's brilliant. Was that the night me and you wrestled? No. We wrestled and I thought we had an absolute stormer. I know. I'd like to see that back, man. Yeah. We had another one in Dublin as well. We had another one in Dublin where we'd done something where you went for a sunset flip, pulled my trunks down. I was wearing the the four-leaf clover boxer shorts. See, they they, they tour buses, man, I have the fear thinking about it. Do you know what I mean? Because... It was just some of, best, some of the best times I've ever had in wrestling. I felt like with wrestling, it is a very much a in this industry. It's very much you know it's a it's you. It's like it's not a team sport, but I think you do have to have that team bonding and that that kind of that there has to be a bit of teamwork. You know, ah, even though that, yeah. like even that everyone pulling together. We we made the show. We made mm. the town, bro. We, we made, made the town, town. kid. We made the town. Had an absolute blast, and then on to the next one the next day. So, for me, that's what wrestling's about, man. I love it. You really did have a special kind of thing happening with ICW. But I mean, t- talk us through your ICW run a wee bit, Joe, because obviously you were kind of you were right there, significant player for the whole for the whole of the run. So, how 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 do you look back on the days now? Yeah, I mean, like I've not wrestled with ICW as much, um, just because of the NXT UK com- uh, commitments and that. Mm-hmm. But like I still love wrestling there. Like the last uh, couple of shows that I done, you know, were were big main events. Like I, I love the main event stuff in ICW. That's where I always saw myself um, in ICW. It was good, man. Like again, like paying your dues, starting off. I came in as a security guard. You know what I mean? Like and um, kind of just built it from there. Like I really enjoyed the the runs that I had, especially like like with the when the lead up to winning the title. And then when winning the title, just I totally that night just flipped it like it was supposed to be. You are the number one babyface, and I remember going through the curtain, and I grabbed Riddle, Riddle Lightning. I went right. This is how it's going to happen. We are going to because uh, Graham and just Grado's just Grado Grado just turned that night as well. Right. I was like, this had to happen. Like I I'm remember not, this. Yeah, Did I you just, turn on his. Did you turn the same night as well? Yeah, I felt as if I wasn't getting that baby face reaction. I felt I felt as if at the time they'd missed opportunities twice with me to pull the trigger to be the number one baby face. Then, I remember you deciding that like well like yeah. twenty minutes to go to the match or something like that. It was literally I was just going out because I wrestled Trent Seven that night, who was hot, man. Like he he, he was over. Yeah, and I was like Nah, I need I need to do something, and then that's how the the kind of Rudel faction was born. Well, obviously before with 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 Rudel, but uh, but that run was probably one of my most favourites. Being a, a villain, you know, and I got to wrestle a lot a lot of great people, and it just was a different side of the character. Because I've been doing the Iron Man thing for a while, and it, uh, yeah, it was a bit cartoony at times. And looking back, sometimes you go, oh, it was a bit cringeworthy, but you know, like it was different, it was, man. It was it, was, it was over, you know, and. Like one of the people with that, with the show that we've done at the SECC, I mean, that for me, that was one of ICW's greatest moments. Obviously, you 
taking the title from Drew. I just think that match is just unreal. Like, just for crowd reaction as well. Mm-hmm. But beforehand, uh, I'd wrestled Rhino. And just... And I remember I was getting my paint done. So I was still doing all the paint. And then I heard the crowd just going... Mm-hmm. It turns out they just put, like, Black Sabbath on the mm-hmm. playlist. So to hear the fans' reaction from that, and I was like, oh, thank God, man. I mm-hmm. thought, like... Maybe, it's maybe amazing. Has that has that dream where they're lacing Make up the yeah. I, I thank God, but then like going out and hearing the reaction, like you get four thousand people chanting that, and I remember that whole thing just started off the cuff as well. I'd started, I had a match with James Scott, and it was an Iron Man match, and uh, I remember at some point we locked up. I broke away, and I just shouted, "I am Iron Man!" and the crowd just like naturally and kind of organically just started singing the Black Sabbath tune, and then like adding that, and I think Wolf of Wall Street was popular Aye. at the time oh, yeah, yeah. so I just kind of put that in and it just kind of became a became a thing and then started doing different body paints because I never I was raging at the same time because me and uh, Finn had started doing it at the exact same time but obviously he'd done it at the Tokyo Dome I was like well everyone's just going to think I'm copying him now <laughs> <laughs> That's funny I, used to, I used to look at the uh, the kind of behind the scenes pictures on Instagram and all that before the shows uh, you uh, um, and Finn getting his uh, getting your paint done, I used to think to myself, how the fuck can they be bothered, man? Oh, Sitting man. there oh, for God. ages before their match game. <laughs> With some oh, point, it was an absolute nightmare because I remember me and, me and Gredo tagged in the Battlelands against Red Lightning and Jester. So I'd done this like, kind of collaboration, like Iron Punisher. So like Iron Man, but I'd done it all Punisher. So uh, black paint head to toe and Gredo had done whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> I came out, uh, but it was professional. It was nice, fresh, freshly done. I was was a tiger or something. Like, wasn't I? I was a tiger. I was, was a tiger. Like, I was a like, tiger with the with the whiskers and all of this. He yeah. comes out with all the fucking proper serious stuff, and I came out with my face painted like a Wayne. Well, you were at the shows. You know, went the shows and got a... <laughs> the black paint was everywhere. Like every. What was it like I, getting I, on Kurt Angle? <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you what I said. But it, <laughs> But that match that we had, I ended up, I looked as if like I was a chimney sweeping Mary Poppins. Like, mm. <laughs> but I remember, uh, I remember the match against Kurt Angle, was painting up, and I, I started paint, or I started getting the paint on, and I went, oh, I've not, I've not said anything to him. Oh. And I went in, and I went, hey, sorry, Kurt, and he was like, what's up? And I was like, I'm going to put a bit of body paint on, is that all right? He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. Little did he know, I was head to toe in silver, man. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'd done like splashes in the corner, like at the start of the match, and I could see him like when he <laughs> when he stepped out and selling, he was like looking at him. Got he looked like he was like covered in the silver paint, and I was kind of chuckling because he looked like uh, Schwarzenegger in Batman Forever, aye, like aye, aye. The, the, the stuff. So I could see that first reaction. He was like, "Oh, I what is that?" <laughs> and that was then, that was that was something else, man. What an opportunity to to wrestle. Cut angle, just unreal. Like, and then like six months later, he was back, Hall of Fame, general mm-hmm. manager. So, like, it was really cutting, and it was just like I think if there was two people that I could wrestle, it would have been Shawn Michaels and Cut Angle, like from that kind of generation. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was wild, man. So I was actually last night, I was get, like deleting a lot of data stuff from my phone. And, uh, there were some pictures of the, the Cut Angle thing, man. I was just like, I can't believe that happened at times. Aye. You know, it's crazy. It's amazing memories, mate. It's nice uh, to mate. hold on to it's nice to hold on to uh, that though, that kind of like I can't believe that happened. I can't I believe, know. despite the fact you'll know 
in WWE NXT UK, you're still thinking, can I believe I had that moment with, with Kurt Angle in there? Would well, you know what, mate? I was uh, with my, my Mick Foley flannel. Oh, I... Um, I fucking lost it. I've lost it. That should have been framed. You're right, Joe. You're 100% right because see the single that I wore that night as well. I've never wore it again since. I don't know if I can fit back into it. But anyway, I should have framed that and got Mick to... Do you know what I mean? Do you not have a Sabu picture frame? Yes, I do. But I was wearing <laughs> in my house right now. I have... It's been on the show before, is it no, John? My Sabu yeah, picture. Yeah, aye, aye. Aye, aye. Mate, it's a bit... Honestly, it's a big, massive... But see how when you're watching Money in the Bank and you see all the pictures of the pay-per-views, all pay-per-views, it's a big, massive size like that right above my bedroom and Sabu's scudding me with a chair and it's one of my prized possessions. <laughs> you can get that, Joe, if I ever pass. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully not, mate. <laughs> if you ever pass. No, no. Ken, man. I was talking like that's weird, man. It's because, see, when I was driving to uh, the radio this morning, I was listening to the Undertaker album on Spotify. It's basically every Undertaker song that Jim Johnson ever created. And it got me started thinking about my funeral. Like I wanted in that. Penny Maybe simply the best. Simply the best. Um... And I, can't, I don't know, even know where I'm going with this, but it did get me thinking about my phone and I was thinking I want fire brigade presence, I want wrestling presence. This is depressing. Child. I can't, what am I then talking about when I'm... <laughs> hell. Will you have like a prayer playing when your coffin gets bumped, though? <laughs> the string quartet version. Oh. Do I hear it? A bit, what, a string quartet? What, during Joe's interview, you're going to yeah, play I, your entrance Joe music? Joe won't mind, Joe won't mind. He's used to this shit. I mean, this is, this is a next, He's, this Joe, is you next know, used level to stuff. Me taking it, taking over and being a prick. I don't know. I know. You've got that in it. The only reason why I'm doing this is because... Say again, Joe. You get too much time in your hands. Mate. I know, I do. But one of the main reasons why I'm doing that is because I know that all the boys will be listening and they'll be going, fuck, they don't have to get your shit in when he was interviewing Joe. Do you know what I mean? I know I'm going to get banned <laughs> up for it. So there was, there's my wee bit, my wee bit, and that's it. I mean, there's your wee bit. You interrupted Joe when he, when he was saying hello. <laughs> first fucking word. His first word you interrupted. Oh, do you think, am I, am, I being, am I becoming you and Carmen? Will we just put what two doors it's, down and we'll have a watch along? Well, aye. Well, you've put an idea in my head. A watch right, along Gredo, right. Gredo, who is an asshole and two doors down? Which actor? Who who do you hate in the in the cast? Graham Stevely. None of them, mate. They're all brilliant. They're all brilliant. Even Alain Smith. Alain Smith. Aye, of course she's amazing, but you're just trying to catch me out because she's a mega Celtic fan. I know why you've asked me that. No, I don't know. I don't. You think I know who everybody supports? No, no. We need to talk a wee bit, Joe, about um, <laughs> while we're on the subject about the fact you have been representing Celtic or in NXT UK. You have been doing that. No, I think that's really. When I saw that, I, th- I think it's a really refreshing thing. No, because it's no because it's Celtic, right? So that's not the point. The point is that in Scotland, I think there's always been there's always been a thing like when I started in the telly game, right? There was always a, a kind of thing where people would say, like, don't make it clear who you support because you've you always lose, backed us, Rob. You've always said us. You lose a portion of your us. audience, but I, but I've always thought to myself, no, just just be open in who you support. You just respect people's intelligence and and just be open about who you support because there's nothing wrong with a healthy rivalry in a sport. But I did think it was really refreshing the fact that you did what 
you know, a lot of wrestlers have done over the years who who will have their favourite hockey teams. You'll see Jericho coming out and, you know, have hockey shirts and stuff like that that, you know, represent the teams that he loves and stuff like that. I thought it was refreshing that you took that into NXT UK fearlessly, you know what I mean? I, I, I thought about it because I didn't really, I was never vocal on social media for a few years about what team I supported, but everyone knew anyway, you know what I mean? Like, I'm always at Celtic games as much as I can be and... Um, and I, I just think if you don't want to support me or like, you know, don't want to support my career just because of what team I support, I'm I'm not fast. I don't need people aye. like that. I don't I don't I don't need that small, closed you know closed uh, way of thinking. Do you know what I mean? I've got hundreds of pals that spot on. That's exactly that's exactly what I say. If ever you know you get a tweet or if you, if I put a, a picture like so like me and Natural Nova or something like that, oh. I'm unfollowing you now. I'm like, so you don't have any Rangers fans as pals? You know what I mean? Is, is yeah, that like the even the, the BBC Sports Awards, the that was at the Sports Personality Year Awards. I couldn't help it, man. I had to go up and talk to Gaza. Huh, I was like, right. I was like, did you get that through NXT UK? Yeah, yeah. Again, like, I'm not, I'm not like, amazing, mate. Another opportunity. We were we were at the BBC Sports Personality Year Awards. Literally sitting on the front row, on our row. Was us, the Love Island boys, Princess Margaret, Chris Hoy, uh, Gareth Southgate. You know what I mean? I'm like, uh, but no, like it was just like that, and like in Gaza, I was sitting there, and I was like, I can't not talk to him. Do you know what I mean? And then like, I spoke to him. I was like, mate, I hated you in the nineties, mate. I hated you. Brilliant. But I was like, but I respect you as a footballer. And he went, Are you selling fun, you goblin? Uh, it was class, man. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was good chat. Like even like opportunities like that, man. I never thought I'd, I'd never be at, like stuff like that. We were literally sitting front row. You know, what I mean, I think we get featured on the telly a couple of times as well. It was crazy. Yeah, imagine, imagine, uh, imagine this. Here's one. Here's one for, cool. to, to take right to fucking Vince at WWE, right? Imagine mm-hmm. Joe versus Drew, right, at Hamden. Right. Oh, mate. With Celtic legends and Rangers legends coming out like the Undertaker's monks, man. <laughs> Have you just voted on that? <laughs> Close it, then. So, so creative, big mate. Big old firm, big old firm style Aye. wrestling match, man. Richard Goff and Paul McStay come out together at one side and another. Phil Snelders and uh, Gordon Marshall and fucking... Imagine it. Brilliant, man. Just imagine it, mate. Just imagine, like, a higher power type. You remember the higher power and it? Unveiling and it's Chris Sutton. It was me, Drew. It was me. <laughs> and you've got to, we've great. got to have, we've got to have Mo Johnston in there today. Just a wee, a wee swell oh, turn right in the middle of the match. <laughs> Silly cat <laughs> back on. <laughs> well, you mean so he takes off his leather jacket, he's got a Rangers tap on, but then he goes punches somebody, then he takes off the Celtic tap on. That's brilliant. Probably Tyson stuff. That'd be great. On on the topic of the Celtic Rangers thing, uh, right after takeover in January, obviously Walter beat me. First, I I can't logged on to my phone all day, and then I get back to the hotel. This is Walter, the German wrestling, no Sir Walter. Aye, right. So, opens up, opens up. Walter, Walter's beating me. First tweet I went. Ha 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 ha. You must be raging, always getting bet by folk called Walter. That's like, brilliant. That's <laughs> brilliant. I was like, I, I, did, I tweeted back, I went, good tweet, mate. That is a good tweet, man. 
See, that's when it's good, when it's like that, the banner's like that. Yep. See what I mean? If only everybody could be like that tweeter. He, he's listening to the week. Here, Joe, is it, is it sore when that big Walter hits you? Is it sore? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a couple of times, you know what I mean? Like the, That's the thing, like the psychology of chopping. Aye. Aye, you, might, you might take a couple, but like the way that, like, the reason, I, I, I think a lot of people miscredit chops. Because, I mean, getting whacked in the chest like that, it takes your wind away. So, like, if you're thinking of the psychology of a fighter, if you're constantly chopping him down and you're taking, you know, like your breathing pattern away mm-hmm. and things like that. But I think, you know, from seeing pictures and that, I mean, I've got a big chest, so I'm all right. But, like, the, the state of the, some of the chests he's left his imprint on. I love taking a chop. See when people say, do you mind chops? I'm like, fucking brilliant. It's the best no, I, I can mean, it's the best way I can... You're in the wrong game if you're... Wrestlers are chops daft. I remember, like, pub. Stone and Woody all slapping each other, chopping each other in the pub. <laughs> like, for... No, for, like, two minutes. Like, for fucking 45 minutes. This great guy. Guys, <laughs> chopping each other. Rob, give me a... Give me a take. See if you take one. Take one off your shamer. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> aye. So, so Joe, when all this passes, right? Whenever it all passes, and hopefully, hopefully, we're all hoping things get back to normal. The wrestling game gets, but if the fans come back in again, what's, what's next for Joe Coffee? What do you want? What, what's your, what's your? Because, like I say, is your, you, you've always got your eye on the goal. So, what is the goal next for Joe Coffee? You know, I've. Uh... I've failed twice to become the NXT UK or WWE UK champion, NXT UK champion. So the goals, that's always in the back of my mind, you know what I mean? Too big. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not taking away, you know, how important it was to be on the first UK takeover in the main event and then go back to Blackpool the following year, you know. Mm -hmm. I think it shows like a level of trust as well. Um, But I think that, you know, like the Gallus firm, Mark, Marcus and Wolfgang, they've got the, the NXT UK Tag Championship. So I feel as if I'm letting the side down a little bit. Do you know what I mean? It's gold for Gallus, do you know what I mean? And uh, actually, that's what I quite like. But I'm, I'm looking forward to go back. And, you know, if I don't know when, you know, I, I don't know when. It's it's very un, it's unpredictable with the way the, you know, the, the situation is with this pandemic. But uh, I have been looking at the, you know, the shows like Raw and SmackDown and NXT. I tell you something, I'd love to do one of those empty arena shows. Like, I think, and I think the UK style doesn't get the credit uh, where it's due, like, especially that hard hitting kind of, uh, you know, aggressive, gritty style. So I think that would suit it. And I think people would go, be taken aback about, you know, when they hear some of the strikes. I mean, for example, we were talking about Walter. If you heard a chop from that in an empty mm. arena, that's going to echo, you know what yeah. I mean? So, um, but, it, you know, as a great man once said, it's nothing without the fans. So, you know, football is nothing without the fans. It's the same as wrestling. Um, so I'm looking forward. And I'm sure I'm sure the fans all around the world are looking forward to getting back and enjoying some kind of normality and enjoying going to the shows. You know, I think fans and wrestlers alike, once this is done, everyone's going to have a, a newfound appreciation and respect for just the little things, like being able to go to a show and, you know, and, and enjoy themselves with their friends or their family. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, it is what it is. A little bit restless in that. And as I said, like I remember we were doing like a watch along 
um, me, Mark, and Jackie were, were doing a watch along for, for WrestleMania on uh, on WhatsApp. It's just itching to get back in, you know, especially yeah. like just things that reignite like a little bit. Like I've never lost the passion, but because it becomes every day, every day, you know, you, you kind of can't take a step back and watching things like that Boneyard match. I was just mm-hmm. like, this is, this is why wrestling's cool. You know Speaking of Boneyard match, how you been? Uh, how you finding working with JB? JB's the man. Yeah, is he? Uh, just like again, like uh, I've got a, a mate Tony who like um, he loves JB and just he loved like all the old WCW stuff that he was involved in, like WCW Live and like I just said like I'd uh, I said by the way just off the phone to like JB. Like, I wasn't name dropping, I was like, just off the phone to JB. He's like, oh mate, that's class. You know what I mean? But his He's got such a good brain, and like just some of the stuff that he's been doing with the the online content promo wise, like the guy's invaluable, man. Like, right. did, uh, he give you a look, he, did he did he film the stuff that you you done in Glasgow? Has he ever come up and filmed yours? Yeah, we've done uh, we've done a few promos with him and a couple of stuff that hadn't aired, which would have been really cool. It just wasn't the right time. We've done stuff in Wolfie's old pub, which was class, man, but it just wasn't the right time to air. So. So he's been brilliant. Him and there's an uh, an Irish lad who was doing all the stuff for OTT. Sean, like them working together is just unreal. Some of the stuff they've been producing is just crazy. Like proper cinematic versions of what wrestling should be. And um, uh, and and the the good thing about it is they're both quality guys as well. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean. And just having having that different aspect and it, t- it takes wrestling to another another level as well. See, you were saying um, you, you were talking about um, it, was, it was either HBK or Kurt Angle. You would have liked to wrestled. Were you one of the? Were you involved in the, the super kick stuff? I was, man. Super music, I should say. Tell us about that. Because so, I was heavy jealous of that, man. I was like, wow, that must have been amazing. I mean, I was buzzing for you, but I was like, I'd love to take that. Because I, I would just take my tree hang, but I'd love to do it, man. I'd love to take that. It was like... So I remember watching WrestleMania 26, and I was like, like I mean, I had I was nowhere near anywhere near levels of wrestling, but I was like, I'll never get wrestled Shawn Michaels now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this opportunity came where, you know, I think it was like a dark, like untelevised match, and I think it was me, Mark and Wolfie as Gallus against uh, Travis Banks, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven. So I had this crazy, crazy little. No ten minute match, and then there was like a everyone's down. And at that time, I was feuding with with uh, Pete Pete Dunn, and he comes out, snaps his fingers, and does all his stuff. And then like I just see this guy run past me in a black and white shirt. So I'm down. I'm like, who's that? Shawn Michaels. So as soon as I seen that, I was just like super kick, super kick, super kick. <laughs> Just straight away, I was like, right. Slides in, counts the one, two, three. I think it was on Wolfgang. We are out. And I just looked and I just ran in. My, or actually, oh, my God. So there's a video There's a video kicking about somewhere in there. With the fans. You see, mm-hmm. you see me and Mark both sprinting, running. But Mark yanks me back. <laughs> so he oh, slides in. Super kick, <laughs> boom, super kick to Wolfie, boom, super kick to me, and like, I remember getting back. So not, so nothing discussed beforehand, just, this was just like... 
Nothing, nothing, didn't know. So cool, man. Like, so organic. Just amazing. How cool is that, Rab? Brilliant. Just, amazing. And then, like, sat down. We sat down in the locker room and just looked at each other and went, that was amazing. That's just... <laughs> that is really something, but... Yeah, like, honestly, you, you can't... You can't put anything on that. Like, you can't mm. put a price on that. It was just something that I'll take with me as long as I live. And I think somebody got a really good picture of it as well, man. I was just like, that's... Get it you know framed I mean? and put it above your office uh, computer. <laughs> I don't know if I'll patch on that Sabu one, mind, but, uh, <laughs> but just, um, just that that moment and to have that as a memory, you know what I mean, and to be to be in there with your you know your your childhood icon of wrestling, you know it's it's invaluable, and even getting even just getting to speak uh, to Shawn Michaels and talk about wrestling. Brilliant. <laughs> It's just, it's crazy, man. Like, just the way he looks at stuff, it's just in a whole different plane. Aye. It's the best. It's a bit like me talking when I used to talk to Johnny Swinger backstage at TNA, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful, isn't it? It's a beautiful thing about wrestling that you go to yourself, well, how do I know when my my dreams have came through, it'll be when this particular guy kicks me in the head. That's what i Joe, See how um, WrestleMania weekend there was a plans for you guys to get there that weekend. Yeah, we were we were due to go out for access, and I think we were doing some stuff there. So again, like it was a massive disappointment, but it, it's it's for the good and it's for it's for the better as well, you know. And I know. I, I, I kind of saw it coming a little bit, you know. Like I've I'm into my theories and stuff like that, and I kind of tracked tracked this virus for a while since it started in kind of December, January time but you know what I mean as long I'd rather uh, precautions taken so that people stay safe and yeah. you know lives are saved essentially Excellent Joe well listen thanks so much for coming on the, the show and keeping us hey listen by the way I, can I expect at some point when you're when you're back again going for the title you maybe try and get Jerry Cinnamon to do, a, to do a bit of entrance Oh you loved Jerry Cinnamon didn't you? Get him in for a live be- performance Oh, mate, that would, that would be unreal. Like, my, my, have you not asked him? Have you not asked him if he would be up for it? Nah, like I, I've never asked. I'm just, I'm, I'm just a massive fan of his music, man. And like, again, like there was so, like, he's, I think he's brilliant, man. Like, I, I've lived every one of his songs. You know what I mean? I think if you're from Glasgow, you've, you've maybe left, you've lived every single lyric. And uh, there was a really cool moment actually at Belladrum Festival. He was playing a couple of years ago. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how he. Knew we were. I knew. I think he knew we were wrestling, but like after one of his songs, he just like went. That's a that's a wee shout out there for the coffee brothers wrestling that's super. Beautiful. Man. Like proper buzzed about it, man. Like and Adrian Lineheart was there. Oh wow. He was running about daft going. That's my pals. That's my pals. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he would be doing that. <laughs> make, next next time NXT UK comes back to Glasgow, surely we need to make that happen. Aye. I know. We're, we're scheduled to be. To be back in Glasgow in July, so I would say a big fingers crossed if we could, if we could make that. If we hopefully that show can happen, but we'll see. But that would be that would be something special if he even done like the the theme song for a NXT UK takeover or something like that. Would be pretty That'd class. Be cool. Brilliant. Well, Joe, you've been a belter. You've been different from the rest. It's been great to hear from <laughs> you. Um, thanks very much. Have you enjoyed yourself? 
It's been brilliant, you know what I mean? It's been brilliant. I'd love to come back on at some stage. Oh, I definitely. Absolutely, mate. Well, you take care of yourself. Tell your brother I was okay. asking for you and your, and your ma who I bumped into at Silverburn one day. Well, she opened my cool. cordon and went, I'm Joe Coffee's ma, but I. That's how <laughs> <I am>. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cheers, Joe, big man. Hey, cheers, Thanks Joe. Very much, Thank you. Pal. Good to catch Thank up. You. See you later, Joe. Right, well, uh, before we wrap up, Ian Grado, what a great show, great interview, great to catch up with Joe. Uh, who's our listener of the week? We decided it was... Um, we decided it Aye. was... Um, Peter Stewart. Peter Stewart. Congrats, Peter. That's what we like. We want good part on the show. Thank you. Um, so, please subscribe, review on Apple, get us wherever you get your podcast. leave a review. Like this one, Naka Legend said... Fair Craw podcast, so it is. It's nae Jim Collette's drive through incident, but no much is, he says. <laughs> Plus, remember, we now go twice a week, so you can catch us on a Friday and the Marks podcast on a Tuesday, where this week you can hear an interview with Christian. Right, so wait a minute. So Christian and all that is on the fucking Sunday Night Heat version of the show. Is that right? Are you kidding me on, man? Is that fucking right? Gary's a man in the know. He's pulled in the big interviews recently. So oh, good on him. Right, step up your game, Grado, here. Step up your game. <laughs> right, get right, fucking right. Jimmy Snooker. Do you know what? Do you know what? Let's... I think it would be good if we get Nick Dinsmore on next week. Oh, mate, fucking... I've just fucking been them. <laughs> but no, I think... You want me? Why, why would you want me to interview a guy I've totally binned the week before? I've totally binned. I've not binned him. I've binned his gimmick that the WWE gave him. Guys, if you want Eugene on the show, tweets. Also remember, but don't tag to make it on awkward. Don't tag Nick, can it? Right? Because he'll yeah, just be confused and start phoning me and all that. Also, don't be grassy. Start phoning me. He'll start. No grass and drab, right? They're going to fucking grass me in now. They're going to be there with a fucking wrestling daft mask on, fucking grass me in. <laughs> listen, I'm happy. I'll listen. I'll fucking talk to the guy and I'll just say, look, I think they've done you a fucking injustice there with that fucking character because you were on a hiding to nothing with that, mate. How many, times, how many times when the WWE does a retrospective of like stuff they've done, like um, now, before, forever, tomorrow, right? How many times do you see fucking Eugene in that footage? You, how many times do you see Eugene featuring on any of these things? Where's the big Eugene retrospective on, on... Where's his DVD? I'll tell you what. One of the fucking greatest moments on Rob is when The Rock returns to, to back up Eugene and uh, The Rock G's Eugene up. And Eugene says that The Rock, the, the his favourite wrestler is Triple H. I think that's fucking brilliant. And also, me and Eugene had a bum bag on a pole match in Kent, which <laughs> Vince Russo watched and we this is a true story and he could back this up if he comes on the podcast next week he, he we come backstage and Vince Russo was greeting he goes I got tears in my eyes bro I got tears in my eyes that was fucking beautiful that was beautiful he loved it that much well Vince Russo fucking loved GI bro as well the fucking that was he, he that's what he did that's what he did to Booker. So Vince Russell can fucking suck my dick and all. Fucking good. I fucking Jim Carnett was right, man. Jim Carnett was fucking right about Vince Russell, man. I fucking love Jim Carnett. Thanks for listening, folks. Remember to get, right, okay. get on our Patreon, patreon.com slash wrestling draft to check it out. Remember, everybody, we're just working you. We're just working you, Eugene. Right, we're looking. I actually thought your character was absolute genius. You're Tom Hanks. 
Um, check out the video version of Why No Buy Yourself a T-Shirt. Shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Just buy a T-Shirt. Buy a face mask. Hey, well, up the road. Up the road. that's your sale. That's your sale. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.